Welcome to Heirloom Radio, a different kind of oldies program featuring oldies from the golden age of radio. Hello, my name's John Lovering, and I'm pleased to be your host for this podcast. It pays to be ignorant. No, that is not something I'm declaring. Rather, that is the title of the show on this track. This half-hour comedy program, a spoof of serious panel programs like Information Please, featured a panel of supposedly dim-witted characters who were asked simple questions like, who is buried in Grant's tomb, and what is the color of the White House? The show's moderator and host was a former vaudeville comic by the name of Tom Howard. At first, the networks were reluctant to air the show because of the insulting title. But eventually, WOR, a local station in New York City and part of the Mutual Radio Network, took a chance. The program was a big success, there for two years, and then moved to CBS. The panel of expert fools on the show was comprised of three very different and colorful performers. Lulu McConnell, she was rather a loudmouth comedian, George Shelton, a typical Brooklyn, New York comic, and Tom Howard's former comedy partner on vaudeville. And then there was uh, Harry McNaughton, a dry, dim-sounding Englishman. The program was the brainchild of Howard's daughter, Ruth, and was written by Tom Howard and Ruth Howell. The show was directed by Herbert Polizzi, Al Madru, and the Esquires, and then the Corn Cobbers, a Spike Jones-like unconventional orchestra, provided vocals and music interludes during the show. The announcers were Ken Roberts, Bruce Elliott, and Richard Stack. Sponsors included Peel's Beer and Philip Morris and Revelations Cigarettes. The show first aired on WOR in 1942, moved to CBS in 1944, and then to NBC from 1950 to 51, when the show concluded its run. Nine years, not bad for a show that was originally thought to be too insulting to produce. So here's an episode of It Pays to be Ignorant from June 29, 1945, when the lead-off question to the contestants is, what's the difference between a married man and a bachelor? And the questions get much more difficult than that as the show progresses. Enjoy this free broadcast of It Pays to be Ignorant on Heirloom Radio, a different kind of oldies program. And I do thank you for listening. What is the difference between a married man and a bachelor? Well, when a bachelor walks the floor with a baby, he's dancing. Correct. Pay that man $8. What is worse than raining cats and dogs? Hailing taxicabs. Correct. Pay that man $9 because... It pays to be ignorant. As living proof to all you service men and women listening in over there that it does pay to be ignorant, here's another half hour with radio's biggest collection of zanies, the incomparable wit, George Shelton, Lulu McConnell, and Harry McNaughton, our doctor of music, Nat Novick, and the man who sticks his neck out every time at this week, or every week at this time, our moderator, Tom Howard. Thank you. Thank you, Johnny. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We come at you with that quiz program that is so unbearable, the ushers in the studio have to work on five-minute shifts. We have a board of experts who are so dumb they think thumbtacks is a new tax put on hitchhikers. First... First, we have the celebrated author, Mr. Harry McNaughton, who has just written a new book entitled How to Take Names Out of Hotel Towels or You Can Take It With You. But here he is, Mr. Harry McNaughton. Thank you. I have a poem, Mr. Howe. All right. There once was a fellow named Fraser who watched the moth chew up his blazer. He went into a trance when they chewed up his pants and then used his shorts as a chaser. <laughs> 
I said, do you know that he couldn't go outside for a week? All right, all right. Next, we have a woman who, the day she was born, the stork had to make three trips. Her parents refused to accept her the first two times. <laughs> a woman with a winning smile but a losing face. Here she is, Miss Washout of 1945, Miss Lolo McConnell. You know, Mr. Howard, my old man had a birthday last week, and I baked him a lovely cake. Uh-huh. Did you put any candles on it? Yes, I did. Mm. But you know, a funny thing happened. When I took the cake out of the oven, all the candles had melted. I see. You've never seen such a mess. Yeah. Your old man or the cake? Yeah. All right, let's, let's get on here. Next, we have a man who is so cheap that when he weighs himself, he slaps the weighing machine to see if he'll get his penny back. A man who, when he wears a flower in his buttonhole, looks like a well-kept cemetery... Here he is, Mr. George Shout. You know, I was up to see my Uncle Webb put on the farm in Maine last week. Boy, the old gent looks fine. Oh, that's nice. Did you have a good time? Oh, I had a swell time. I helped him tear down one of his windmills. You see, he had two of them up there. Well, why did he tear one down? Well, there wasn't enough wind up there to keep both of them going. I see. No use wasting wind power. No, no, no. You're wasting it right now. Well, Let's everything, get every, on here. You know, everything's rational these days, yes, even the wind. I mean, all right, Mr. McNaughton. Well, folks, you've just met the experts, so kindly keep your opinions to yourself. Here is the first question. Listen closely, see if we can get it. It's a very easy question. We should have no trouble with it. Yes. Here it is. How many hours will a man work if he works an eight-hour day? I'd like to hear that question again, Mr. Howard. All right. How many hours does a man work in an eight-hour day? Since when have they had eight-hour days? That's right. I always thought there were 24 hours in a day. Why, certainly. But I didn't ask you how many hours there were in a 24-hour day. I asked you how many hours does a man work in an eight-hour day? Oh, I see. What's the man's name, Mr. Howard? <laughs> I don't know. Where does he live? I don't know. You know where he works? No. You know anything about the man at all? You don't know his name, where he lives, or yeah. where he works? All right. What do you know? I know you're a screwball. I got... <laughs> oh, yes, somebody told you that. All right. How <laughs> many hours does a man work in an eight-hour day? The question is about jobs. My old man's got a new job now. He's a window washer. Oh, window washer. You mean he hangs out of windows and washes them? Yeah. Does he enjoy that sort of thing? Well, it keeps him off the street. <laughs> Wait a minute. How long does it take him to wash the windows, Miss McConnell? That all depends. What do you mean, all depends? On what's going on inside the window. Oh, my God. <laughs> No, I used to hang awnings, but I quit. Why, why did you quit? I found out it was a shady business. Ain't that all? <laughs> Will you cut out? Please, cut out those corny gags. You know, I wish my brother-in-law would get a job. I mean, he loses more jobs. Yeah, what's the matter with him? Well, he just won't work any week with a Friday in it. Uh -huh. Suspicious, huh? No, a bum. A bum, all right. Before I was married, I worked in a factory stuffing pillows. But I got fired. Uh-huh. By the looks of you, you're still stuffing one. <laughs> Tell me, did you, uh, did you like stuffing pillows? No. Every day I went to work, I always got down in the mouth. You got down. Oh, God. <laughs> we inject a few sour notes in the program. This is done by Dr. Novick and his sheep herders. Here he is, Dr. Novick. This might be all right. 
Oh, I beg your pardon. Yeah. What? It's a very easy one. Here it is. What date of the month does July 4th fall on this year? Because that easy. What's easy about it? Well, what's hard about it? One question at a time, please. All right. Miss McDonald. Miss McDonald, do you know anything about your country? Uh, no, Mr. Hodge. You see, I live in the city. You live in the city. All right. <laughs> every, every American should know the answer to the question. It's a national holiday. Will you repeat the question, Mr. Howard? What date of the month does July 4th fall on this year? Boy, my brother-in-law should be good on that kind of a question. Yeah. Why do you know he even knows the day he's going to die? He does? How does he know? The judge told him. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, please, on July the 4th, we celebrate our independence. <laughs> not me. What do you mean, not you? I'm still married. You're still married. <laughs> Look, George Washington fought and won our independence. Yes, and my mother-in-law took it away. I'm not interested. <laughs> Mr. Howard, is it true that George Washington never told a lie? That's right. He was an honest man. He was an honest man. Well, then how come they closed the banks on his birthday? I see. <laughs> Mr. Sheldon, did anyone ever die in your family? No. Why don't you go home and break the monotony? <laughs> Mr. McNaughton, don't you know what date of the month July 4th falls on this year? Well, Mr. Howard, what date of the month did it fall on last year? All right, I'll help you out. Yes. Pay attention. Yes. It fell between July 3rd and July 5th. Thank you. Thank you so much. Carry on. Carry on. <laughs> Say, is that the day the pilgrims landed on Plymouth Rock? No, that was Labor Day. That was Labor Day. <laughs> After listening to you three descendants, it's a pity the rock didn't land on the pilgrims. Now, let's get on here. What day of the month does 4th of July fall on this year? Look, let me try the question this way. Yes, the other way was no good. All right. Miss McCown, do you know the date of your birthday last year? Sure. I had a lovely cake. I had 35 candles on it. You must have had them burning at both ends. <laughs> That's a lie. 
And you know it. That's right. Because I had a piece of Miss McConnell's birthday cake. Yes? Well, how many candles were on the cake, Mr. Sheldon? I don't know, but there was 18 on the piece I got. I <laughs> What day were you born on, please? What day? What day? Well, let me see. What day? Well, was it Thursday? No. No, it wasn't Thursday. No. No, I'm sure it wasn't Thursday. What makes you so sure it wasn't Thursday? I'm never home on Thursday. Oh, God. <laughs> Come to our contestants While Mr. Roberts is getting the folks up here We'll fill in the time with some music We have an orchestra whose members Just play anything that they happen to think of Without telling the other members So it sounds like this Listen, Dr. Novick going to be good tonight. I don't know. I know. music. And to think Morton Gould played in the same studio last night. <laughs> All right, who's our first contestant tonight, Mr. Roberts? Our first contestant tonight, Mr. Howard, is Sergeant Fred Schwager of the United States Army. Well, that's right. <laughs> Good evening, 
Sergeant Swagger, and thank you a lot for coming up. How do you feel, Sergeant? Very fine tonight, sir. Well, that's good, and spoken like you felt that way. Where's your hometown, would you care to tell us? My hometown is New York City, sir. Oh, fine. <laughs> New York City. Well, throw me in a laundry wagon and call me breathless. All right. <laughs> I, I used to work in this town. How many jobs have you had? Yeah, I was a, an upholsterer in a restaurant. You, uh, you were an upholsterer in a restaurant? I used to stuff turkey. All right. <laughs> well, you've got an awful call. Pay no attention, Mr. Sergeant. I, I suppose you're very glad to be home. Yes, sir. I bet you are. Are you having a good time? Very good. Good. Uh, I think you know, you know, Sergeant, I, I have a dog in the service. Is that right? Yes. He was, he was a bark private when he started. A bark private? <laughs> but now he's a lieutenant kennel. A lieutenant <laughs> You know, you know, he was decorated for bravery. He was? What did he do? He surrounded a Jap that was camouflaged as a tree. <laughs> You certainly abuse the privilege of being alive. Thank you. I hope they're not anno annoying you, Sergeant. Uh, yes, and I might say we are indeed very, very glad to have you with us this yeah, evening. Yeah, we, we sure are. Well, what's your first name, honey? Never mind. What? Freddy. 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 Oh, Freddy. Very Freddy. chummy. Well, that Freddy. could be Frederick. You know, Freddy. And Frederick is just like that. He's cute, though, isn't he? I, I suppose if I had like that, I'd yell. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just call me Grapefruit. Uh-huh. <laughs> I catch your eye. Yeah. <laughs> so does a squirt. Let's get on there. Uh, Sergeant, will you do us a favor as long as you're with us and reach into the dunce cap there and pick out a question for us, please? Yes, sir. When you get a hold of one, would you be good enough to read it? Just take your time and read it into the microphone. What is the leading character in the motion picture entitled The Picture of Dorian Gray? Very good. What is the name of the leading character in the motion picture entitled The Picture of Dorian Gray? Boy, these questions are getting tougher and tougher. Oh, never mind. I saw that picture, Mr. Howard. Oh, you saw the picture? Well, yeah. that's going to help. That's fine. I say, well, tell me, Miss McConnell, what was it about? Well, it was all about this young fella. Yes. Oh, boy, was he a handsome hunk of man. All right, all right. Well, he was having his picture painted by a great artist. Yes. And could he swing a brush? Look. When he saw the finished picture, he was not for a loop. Look, look, wait. We haven't got time for that. We have a question here about the movies, not about painters. You know, I'm but, quite a painter. Yes. I painted a picture of a chicken once, and you know it was so natural, I threw it out in the barnyard, and it laid there. It laid there. <laughs> Miss, uh, Miss McConnell, you, you said this man was having his picture painted? Yes. Yes. Well, when he saw the picture, yes. he made a wish. He wished that instead of him growing old, he would always stay young and the picture would grow old. Well, you two say Ain't that... Ain't that cute, Mr. Howard? Yeah, that's very cute. You know, yeah. I, th I, I think it's fascinating. Look, well, you w hold it till after the program. Mr. Please. Howard, will you stop interrupting? Now, Miss McConnell, tell me... Tell me, Mr. Connell, did he get his wish? Mr. McNaughton, I'm not going to speak to you again. Oh, you always say that. <laughs> please, please go on, Miss McConnell. I'm all ears. Yeah, that's an understatement if I ever heard one. <laughs> well, you know, Mr. Howard, a fellow painted a picture of me once. What for, to hang in a post office? Oh. That's so. I was done in oil. Yeah, so are sardines. So are sardines, Mr. Sheldon. <laughs> so, uh, so, so what, what happened, Miss McConnell? Well, this fellow never grew old. 
One night he met a girl. She was singing in a tap room. Yes. All right. She was singing Goodbye, Little Yellowbird. Goodbye, Little... How, how does it go? Goodbye, Little Yellowbird. What makes you hey. feel so blue? Look, look, pretty, isn't it? Goodbye, look. Little Yellowbird. Wait a minute, what please. What makes you feel look. so blue? Miss McConnell. Goodbye, hey. Little Yellowbird. Will you cut it out? He invited her up to his home to see his baby. Why, didn't he have any etchings? Oh, <laughs> Miss McConnell, did you say he invited her up to his home? Yep. Did she go? Yes. That's when the trouble started. Yeah. Goodbye, <laughs> little girl. Please. Look, are we going to keep our contestant here all night? Let's get on here. Well, it's all right with me. Uh, he ain't so bad. All right. Let's get on with the question. So, you know, Mr. Howard... I have a painting in the museum right now. Oh, never mind. It's right near the door. You have a painting in the museum? Yeah. What's the name of it? No smoking. No smoking. <laughs> I thought so. Uh, then, Mr. McConnell, tell me, what happened after the girl went to this fellow's house? Ain't this awful? You see, he was in love with her. Yes. So his friend told him to invite the girl to stay. Oh, goodbye, little yellow bird. Johnny, will you cut it out? Will you step in here before I... Miss McConnell, please. You're interrupting Johnny. Step in here, Johnny, and give our good friend here $25 for his question. Yes, Mr. Hahn. Thank you. That brings us up to our Auguster. And when I say Auguster, I'm indulgent in loose talk. Here he is, Dr. Novick and his blockbusters. Dr. Novick. Close the racetrack. 
contestant, please, Mr. Our next contestant, Mr. Howard, is a very lovely young lady. She is Yeoman Third Class, Margaret Carswell of the Wave. Miss Carswell, and thank you also for coming up here. How are you this evening? Oh, very fine, sir. Well, that's nice. I'm very glad to hear it. Where's your hometown, would you care to tell us? Norwood, Pennsylvania. Oh, Norwood, Pennsylvania. That's quite a nice place. That's out near Chester or Media someplace, isn't it? That's right. Springfield is near there, is it? Oh, quite close. I see. I've been out there. It's a beautiful place. Nice. You no, know, I knew a girl used to live out in that town, Mr. Howard. Oh, I yeah, we went out together quite often. Uh-huh. I remember one night I kissed her up on the forehead. Uh-huh. You did? Yeah. What happened? She called me down. She called me down. <laughs> Never mind. Pay no attention to them. Uh, what are you doing in New York, could I ask? Well, I have leave for my honeymoon. Oh, you're on a honeymoon? Wow. <laughs> Goodbye, little yellow boy. Tell me, Miss McConnell, did this fellow in the picture marry the girl? Oh, cut it out. And came to his house? No, the cat. He wrote her a letter saying he never wanted to see her again. Oh, will you cut it out? We passed that question. Pay attention to our guest here. I should be very glad to pay attention. Very charming girl, Mr. Hart. Yes, she is. May I extend my congratulations? That's very nice. Thank you. Thank you. Pleasure. She reminds me of a very nice girl. She reminds me of a very nice girl I saw on the street today. I said, hello, sister. She said, hello. I said, where are you going tonight, sister? She said, to the movies. I said, okay, sister. See you later. Uh, Who was she? My sister. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What did you do before you went into service, Miss Carter? I worked in a defense plant. Oh, doing your bit in a defense plant. Well, that certainly is marvelous. How long have you been in the service? Eleven months. Eleven months. My, that's marvelous. Is your husband here with you this evening? Yes, he is. Good luck to him. I'm sorry I'd like to interview him, too, but we really are a little pressed for time. So I'm going to ask you to do us a favor and reach into the dunce cap there and pick out a question for us, if you will. Just pick out the question, and we'd be very happy if you'd read it right into the microphone, please. How long have a couple been married when they celebrate their 25th wedding anniversary? <laughs> <laughs> You'd think that was the plan, wouldn't you? Well, 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 a lot of a couple have been married when they celebrate their 25th wedding anniversary. Oh, where, where were they married, Mr. Hart? Immaterial. Immaterial. Beautiful place. Yeah. <laughs> been there many times. Was it a church wedding, Mr. Howard? I don't know if it was a church wedding or not. I don't know, I Mr. Prime. What's their name? I don't know their name. Well, I'll come back when you get Just some information. Yeah. All right. What is it? Double talk over there? I don't know. Mr. Sheldon, how did you get to be such a dope? Long-range planning. I see. <laughs> the question is, how long have a couple been married when they celebrate their 25th wedding anniversary? You know, my uncle wants to get married, but I don't think he should. No. Mr. Howard, should a father of 50 get married again? No, that's enough children for any man. Let's <laughs> 
Miss McConnell, after the fellow in the picture wrote the girl the letter, what did the girl do? She killed herself. Oh, oh dear, how dreadful. Yeah. Then this painting of this fellow started to get old looking. It kept getting older and older. And he still kept young. Yeah. Yes. And everything he did that was wrong showed up in the picture. He hated to look at the picture. Now, please, cut it out. He finally got so mad at his painting that he killed the artist that painted it. Oh, please go on, Miss McConnell. I'm enjoying every minute of it. You're enjoying the murder, yeah. yeah. Will you stop, Miss McNaughton? Why don't you go see the picture? Oh, it's much cheaper this way. <laughs> well, you answer the question. Well, I did answer the question. You said, why don't you go to see the picture? And I said it was cheaper this way. But that is not the question. Well, what was the question? The question is, what is the name of the leading character in the picture, the picture of Dorian Gray? That was the fellow's name in the picture I saw. Yeah. What a coincidence. Oh, yeah. Goodbye, Lydia. But you said it was. Make up your mind, will you? How long have a couple been married when they celebrate their 25th wedding anniversary? You know, I could have married a very wealthy girl, but I couldn't get along with her family. No, how come? Her husband didn't like me. Right. <laughs> hey, Miss McConnell. Miss McConnell, you say the fellow killed the artist that painted his picture? Yes. Then he had to get rid of the body. Well, how did he do that? Well, he got a friend of his that was a scientist. Yes. Well, you two, please shut up. Just a minute till we get rid of the body. Oh. <laughs> Will you answer the question first? Let's get rid of the body first. Oh, now what is it? I mean, we don't want a body lying around. You know? well, please, we have a question here about marriage. Well, you can say what you want about married life, but after 20 years of married life, I'm still in love. Oh, really? Yeah. And if my old man ever finds it out, goodbye. <laughs> Get this thing over with. All right, Mr. Howard. Oh, good. Another half hour wasted. If you feel like wasting another one next week, we'll be right back here again. Try and be with us. We'd love to have you listen. Here is our sweet singer of sweet songs to tell you what we mean when we say it's plain to be the wind. That's all. Be with us again next week and hear it proven again by Tom Howard, Ludo McConnell, George Shelton, and Harry McNaughton that it pays to be ignorant. Ken Roberts speaking. This is the Armed Forces Radio Service.